Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. The definition of encounter is to come upon or experience, especially unexpectedly. For those of us that are following Jesus, we've all had an encounter with Him at some point in our lives. Some of those encounters have been mysterious, like we read about where Saul encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9, and he was never the same after that. I was on the floor of a public bathroom. It was February 10th of 2001, and I was just I just started bawling. I was watching my tears hit the floor, and I just said, God, help me. And I have no idea why I said it. Or like the woman at the well that we read about in John chapter 4, who met Jesus, and despite what her culture might have shamed her for, Jesus offers her living water, and her life was never the same. It was really surprising to me. Like, my vision of Jesus was sort of like an ancient George W. Bush wrapped in a toga. And I was like, The character of Jesus can't be interesting to me. Like, I want to marry a woman someday. I'm very intellectual. This can't be true. But he just drew me in. Or like when Simon Peter meets Jesus and has an encounter with him while fishing, and he left everything to follow him. I would kind of walk into church every now and then, and I would just weep. And I didn't know why. My soul would just weep. And I'd walk out of there and be like, I'm never going in there again. And then I'd find myself walking <laughs> that was past so the difficult. <laughs> yeah, I just felt myself drawn in. You see, encounters with Jesus, they change us forever. These are stories of change. Hey, y'all, and welcome to another episode of the Happy Hour Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I am so excited to be with you today. Guys, before we jump into this episode, I want to tell you about something that we are doing over here on the Happy Hour, and I want you to be a part of it. We're building a church together, you and I. We're partnering with an organization called ICM, the Global Church Developer, and together we're building a church in northern Uganda. Now, let me explain this a little bit. We're not actually building a church. We're building a church building because there is a church congregation that is alive and well there for 34 years. In fact, Karuma Church it was founded from a group of refugees who were displaced from their home and they moved to Karuma for safety at the start of the war in 1987. This church has been functioning and sharing the gospel and doing ministry within their community for 34 years without a building. Now we get to change that. Together, we want to raise $15,000 by the end of the summer. So I would like to ask you, would you partner with us to build a church in Northern Uganda for Pastor Jeffrey and all his people that attend to have a building to do ministry throughout the week. Every donation counts. Go to jamieivy.com slash build a church. All of your funds are gonna go directly to helping this church be built in Northern Uganda. You guys, today we have a great show for you. In fact, Mo Isom Aiken is back on the show. She's been here before. She's a former guest, but today she's a part of our Encounter series, which if you've been listening, I hope you've been loving these as much as I have. We wanted to create a series that showcased people's encounter with Jesus because we believe that every person who's a follower of Jesus has a powerful story of how they encountered him. 
maybe through a friendship or a church or a book or even alone in a quiet room. And now we have Mo sharing her story. She's a wife, a mom of four. She's an author, a speaker, a teacher of God's word. She was a former All-American goalkeeper for LSU's women's soccer team, which she talks about in the show a little bit today. They live outside of Atlanta. And Mo shares with us that culture Christianity was the stamp of her younger years, but it was just something that was a part of her routine. I think a lot of us might relate to that. She felt like nothing in her life was going as planned. I do want to let you know that in this episode, we talk about eating disorders and suicide. So you might want to listen to it alone or without little kids, or if that's a trigger for you, you might want to skip this. But Mo eventually had an encounter with the God of the universe in one of the most unlikely moments. And this is her story of that. Here's my conversation with Mo Isom Aiken. Welcome to our encounter series. This is a joy to have you here. I know this is exciting. This is exciting to be back with you. I'm always excited to chat with you. I know. I was going to say you have been on the happy hour before, which is super Mm -hmm. exciting. So people will know and and remember you. But this is a special series because like I told you, I want to hear your story about how you met Jesus. And so start wherever you want. Take us back there and introduce us to you then when you met Jesus. It's a long story. So I'm going to condense. I'm going to give the 30,000 foot flyover, but I love the beauty of this of testimony. There's so much power in it. So right out the gates, I love that you're doing this series. I was raised up in the church. I am a Georgia girl, Bible belt. It's the cultural Christianity. I would right. say was very much sort of the stamp of my younger years. Loved my parents, parents who worked really hard to instill truth into me, but I was also young and stubborn and it was just what we did. It was like church on Sunday, Bible study Wednesday, maybe FCA Friday. And I called it getting my Jesus points. So like jackpot, if there was a wedding or a funeral, because they needed not to go to church on Sunday. There you go. (laughs) I got my week's Jesus points. So just very much religion, really. Mm. And I noticed there was a difference in people around me and their like enthusiasm and care for all of these things. But for me, I was an athlete. I was a performer. I was a perfectionist. It was sort of just another like box on my chest and navigated that. And that was fine in my younger years, to be honest, nothing really challenged that in my younger years. But then when I went to high school, there were a number of things I wanted to achieve. Mm -hmm. And so I was confronted with this reality of like, by whose strength? Because for me, it was sort of this heart posture of like, God, watch me work, watch what I can do. Yeah. And then as I tried to progress, you know, athletically, I was a soccer player, a high level soccer player at that time, socially, you know, relationally, as I was excited about what I planned moving forward. And then those things really didn't fall into place as I anticipated. It kind of sent me spiraling. And Mm -hmm. at that time, I was already being exposed to a number of different things and had, you know, pressure for from home with my dad and wanting to make him proud and just all these things piling up like they do for young people that I developed an eating disorder. It was really vicious. The enemy kind of met me with this lie of like, you have to control something. Nothing's going like you thought it was going to go and something needs to be your thing. And it can be your secret thing, you know, but this is something you can have like definite control over Mm. when everything else feels like it's slipping. And yeah, I really struggled for goodness, all of high school with a really debilitating eating disorder that I kind of kept behind the scenes. And really that was just a greater picture of an identity struggle of control of worth of value. And you continued to play soccer all through high school. Like it didn't affect your ability to play 
Okay. Yeah. You know, I, it started as anorexia and then very quickly I realized that I need fuel for my sport. Mm-hmm. And so it evolved into bulimia, which kind of then evolved into a combination of the two conditions. Cause I started abusing diet pills, energy pills, anything that could kind of synthetically keep me going. But I was also six feet tall as a freshman. So I was labeled the huge girl. As soon as I walked mm-hmm. into the high school halls, sometimes in jest, sometimes not just very yeah. mean. And those words really carried a lot of weight. So I've struggled. And I remember as I was committed to play soccer at LSU, Louisiana State University, go Tigers. I was headed there a semester early and I was really at a physical kind of a breaking point. I've been wearing these masks and like faking fine, but very sick inside. Mm. And I kind of hit a breaking point. I remember I came across this piece of scripture that was just said, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. And for whatever reason, I couldn't have told you the book, the context, any of it. But it struck me very differently because I was very weary and very tired and burdened. And I remember just kind of trying to figure out what it was like to pray to God when I needed help because I hadn't, nothing had really been challenged. I lived a very privileged life. I kind of just broke down and came to him and was flooded with this courage to open up to my mom and to tell her everything before I kind of set out on this new season. And she got me a help, but ultimately what she instilled in me is that my only real healing was going to come from my pursuit of the healer. And that had to become an independent pursuit. I was Mm -hmm. headed off to college. I was you know, going to be eight hours away. So I shifted off to college and began to kind of explore what did that mean for my faith to be my own? Was this really what I believed? Could I be healed? and really delivered of a lot of these struggles and had a good freshman year, athletically had a great freshman year, scored like a 90 yard goal. It made sports center. I mean, we were kind of catapulted as a team into some degree of national attention. And I just remember thinking, man, if this is what it means to be a Mm. Christian, this is great (laughs) because I focus on God and I give him some of the glory and, you know, I'm trying to navigate this and everything's just falling into place. And this is incredible. That was different than what you felt in high school. Right. Which was like, everything was out of control. And yeah. And would you have called yourself a Christian? Like, would you have said, yes, I'm a Christian. For sure. Without real understanding of what that carried and meant. I would have Mm. called myself that because I knew a lot about God. I didn't know God. Mm. I knew a lot about God. And there's a significant difference because after my freshman year on cloud nine, just untouchable, this amazing, you know, high season, mountaintop season, if we want to speak Christianese, (laughs) I went home for Christmas break. And one night my dad didn't come home. And to make a very long portion of the story short, we couldn't find him that night. We found a love note written by the phone and a voicemail from him that was like my father's voice, but not my daddy's voice. He just sounded very scared. He said he needed to drive around and clear his head. My mom opened up that there were some financial things uncovered and we needed to find him. And I remember falling asleep that night, kind of unsure of what to even pray. Mm. I think that kind of can become a defining marker for some of us in realization of, Do I know a lot about religion or do I have a relationship with God? Because when we have a relationship with Yeshua, with Jesus, it's those very times that our heart runs to him. You know, it's those times where he's our everything. But for me, I just felt this block. I didn't know what to pray. I didn't even know if I believe God was good. If I like, I couldn't figure out what was going on. 
very disoriented. And we woke up the next morning to my mom just screaming this printed sheet of paper in her hand, like crackling in her hand, get in the car, get in the car, grab your shoes, grab your things. We like pile in the car. We start speeding around town and I'm just begging her for, to know what's going on, to see this paper. And she like shoves it into the back seat. She says, here, read this and then please help me. And I like ironed out this paper and looked down and it was an email. It was a suicide letter from my dad that he'd emailed at like 1.30 in the morning. So now we're trying to find him before this man gives up. We ended up at his office, all these police, this chaos. I'm like looking for any clue of where he may be. And the police walked in finally dead silent. And they just said, ma'am, so my mom was in the room. Uh, we found your husband. We thought, oh, thank you, Lord, whatever it is, you know, this is messy. This is not good, but whatever it is, you can handle it. You can heal it. And they said, uh, let us clarify. We found your husband's remains. So it was January 3rd, 2009, that my dad put a gun to his heart and pulled the trigger. And it was January 3rd, 2009, I took off running as far and as fast as I could from God. I don't believe that you're good. I don't believe that you're real. I don't believe if you were a good God, how could you let this disaster happen? I mean, something this horrific. And when I tell you I ran from any sand that my like had even been built on, I knocked that house down and just mm. took off running even further and faster and filled my heart, this huge void in my heart with any like sin-sized piece I could find to hopefully add up to, you know, mend that hole. I had to go back to college, back to LSU, like two weeks after seeing his body on a morgue table and how this tiny hole had like taken down Goliath. I mean, my dad was huge. And especially when you're a kid, he probably yeah. seemed even more colossal and had to go back to school and fake fine, mm. which I had gotten pretty good at in high school, yeah. considering the masks that I'd kind of hidden behind, but had to put all the words together for everyone else to think we were good. Yes, God's good. Oh, he's our healer and our redeemer. And in my heart, I'm like Dr. Mm. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I don't believe it. I'm mad. I'm actually full of resentment, of hate, of anger. I am changing in the worst kind of way. And I'm running to alcohol, to boys, to, you know, the party scene, to whatever it may be that could like numb the reality of what I was feeling. And what's so scary, this is just a side note, is I looked just like everyone else around me in college. Mm -hmm. You would have never differentiated, right. hey, that person's hurting. Mm. That makes me run onto college campuses now to share the good news of the gospel because I wonder how many of the peers around look like everybody else and yeah. their hearts are hurting. Yeah. So I'm, you know, living life riddled with anxiety and depression and just hating myself every morning when I woke up after whatever the night before. And I remember headed home for Thanksgiving break. I really understood when my dad did what he did. And I saw it as a viable option for my own life. In fact, I believed it was inevitable for my own life that if my dad had had the ability to kill himself, that I was destined to do the same. That was really where, how warped my mind was. Mm -hmm. And I remember headed home just numb. And I was driving down the interstate, got stuck in traffic. It's like 1.30 in the morning. I'm alone, really on the road. And I'm just zoned out, just watching the like middle lines flick by. And in my heart, I remember thinking, well, first I should put very real, I'm open book. I'm like sexting some guy mm -hmm. on the surface, you know, 
lining things up for when I get home for my next mm-hmm. fix to not feel I'm distracted, you know, every, my heart's just obliterated. But I remember a part of me really feeling like, God, if you're so real, you have to do something mm-hmm. like do something because I don't feel it. I don't know it. I don't believe it. I don't, I certainly wasn't in a posture of like, studying the word of God and prioritizing what it said over what I felt. I was really hurting. And it was just like, God, if you're so real, do something because I don't know what I believe and I don't know why it's really worth living. And the next thing I knew, my car was like in the center median, my wheels just cranking and jerking. I tried to pull it back on the interstate, shot straight across, hit an embankment, flipped my Jeep several times and landed upside down in this ravine, like on the side of the interstate, very physically injured and hanging upside down by my seatbelt. And I remember hanging upside down in the vehicle and being overwhelmed by the presence and the power and the spirit of the living God. And it was like, it's hard for me to even put words around. His presence was as like crushing in majesty, like overwhelming as it was like soul resuscitating. I couldn't even wrap my head around what I was experiencing. And I just felt the spirit of God move into the vehicle and what he began to speak to my heart. It's almost hard to put words around. I'd sat in church for years and years and years and years and heard the gospel 10,000 times over, but it was in one ear out the other so many times. And in this moment, it was very real. It was very personal. It was as if I understood. It's like it just took a breath, a word from God for the Mm. fullness of the gospel to just be downloaded. And it was like, I understood, man, he took that cross, not as this blanket generalized, like to forgive you of your sin. He had to take that cross because of my sins. And I've been this like talk the talk, not walking the walk, rebellious, promiscuous, self-harming, depressed, anxious girl. And his still small voice would say, would you be still? And would you know that I am God? Mm. And suddenly the reality of my need for him and the overwhelming love that he would offer himself to me, his mercy, his grace, his healing I could, how could you say no? (laughs) It became a yes for me. (laughs) And the paramedic who pulled me out of the vehicle, the gentleman who had pulled over to check on me, they said, all I kept repeating was just, God is beautiful. God is beautiful. And I'm like concussed. I'm broken. I'm like bloody. They said, I just kept repeating. God is beautiful. God is beautiful. And they're like, great, but your neck looks broken. Right, <laughs> like, right. <"Yeah." laughs> Very wounded. But it was everything changed from that point forward. Everything changed. She said, get out the chat room and clean my Glad Girl Group coming at you with a throwback jam. That was Glad Force Flex Drawstring Trash Bags featuring Pine Sol Original Scent. And that's better than all good. It's all Glad. Walmart Plus members save on Meeting Up With Friends. 
Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Life doesn't have a pause button. That's why Capella University's FlexPath learning format lets you set your own deadlines and adjust them if something comes up. Imagine how a flexible education can make a difference for you at capella.edu. When you were in the car that night and in that moment and you said you just felt literally the Spirit of God come over and take over, what was it that made you know that it was God? And what was it? Because I have my story is so similar to yours in church my whole life, knew all the things about God, but didn't know him. And so I'm tracking with the whole thing. Mm. What was it in that moment that made you feel like like that God was for you and that you could trust him when all those years you'd been so not believing that? Yeah. I think often of the scripture where he talks about using the foolish things to confound Mm. the wise, because I can't really explain it with words. And it's like, everyone wants the detailed best words wrapped around blueprint of here it is. Now do you believe? And I can't, for as much as I'm a wordsmith, I'm a writer, right? I'm a a communicator. That's what the Lord has led my life towards. I still can't find the words to explain that moment. It was an encounter and it doesn't make sense to my flesh. And it made perfect sense to my spirit the spirit that's behind this girl that's Mm -hmm. fading and will one day pass, like knew its maker. And I knew my creator and I suddenly knew this still small voice. And it was so familiar, even though I'd felt so far. Mm. And I think what was most overwhelming to me was, um, it's even hard for me to find the words now, but it was just this overwhelming reality of his sustaining love. Mm. I think in one layer, like I was shocked I was alive. My car was annihilated. The front half was gone. Like the engine was gone. And so I think of this word, this sustaining love, because in that moment he sustained my life. When really, why? I was Mm -hmm. asking for my life to be done. You know, like he sustained my life. And not only that, he sustained my soul. Like, just in this place, this presence, there's no reason a creator of the heavens and the earth should have encountered, like, I don't know what words I can use on this podcast, but like by reputation at school, they weren't pretty words wrapped around me. Yeah. (laughs) I was like the successful soccer player. Cool. Not many people care, but like the things I had done Mm-hmm. And who I was and how most people knew Mo really behind like the marketing material of LSU soccer. Like, yeah. why would he not just want me? But there was also an understanding, I think, that his love was not only there to sustain me, but that he had greater for me. 
Like there were plans and purposes ahead. This life was not just sustained for my own survival. This was sustained because he had written the days of my story and he knew the gifts knit into me and he knew the kingdom come that a yes in faithfulness would kind of bring forth before I knew it. (laughs) I'm I'm like, wow, how could you save a girl like me? And he is like, wow, if only you knew what's ahead. Mm. And I think that's the heart of the father. Like I even think as a mother, I look at my newborn, I look at my children and I'm like, if only y'all know Mm. the secrets God's whispered to my heart about what your story will hold. Like if only you knew what I see in you Mm -hmm. and that's how God sees us. Like he took the cross so that we could understand pre-cross what our life held was rags compared to the glory of what's to come when we say yes to him. Yeah, And that just was a game changer. After that accident, I'm assuming you went to the hospital and all Mm -hmm. the things. And yeah. And so I guess my question is twofold. Mm -hmm. Number one, how was it like with your mom? Because I always look back on my life and think my parents didn't even know what I was struggling with or even how bad I was because I did. I put on the church face so often and I knew how to do it. Yeah. And so I remember when some things came up in my life, my parents, I felt sorry for them because they were so shocked. (laughs) And I was like, well, (laughs) sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Disclaimer. (laughs) So I wonder, my two questions for you are, so many people feel this way that they've been faking Christianity. They've been walking the walk, especially in the South. I mean, we know how to be a Christian. And then one day we go, wow, I don't even know Jesus. So my first question is, how did your life look different besides the obvious after that? And my second question is, what was it like for your relationship with the people around you who might have believed that you were this Christian girl? And all of a sudden you're saying, no, I I actually didn't even love Jesus. It was just all a, a religion to me. Yeah. Those are really great questions to try to unpack in some sense of, of brevity. I began to change. I think what's scary about Christianity, I was talking to a friend about this the other day, and these words will seem weird, but they're deep. You have to really think about them. Like it can be learned. Our faith could be learned. Somebody could read the Bible and just do what it says, right? But what's within us and who is within us isn't revealed in in how we act. It's often revealed in how we react. It's often revealed in how our character, our our nature begins to shift, how it begins to be sanctified, purified, made holy, made like our maker, our heart actually transformed as we grow in knowing and experiencing the heart of God. And I think probably what was the most noticeable change in me that people could observe that was a difference marker between like just claiming Christ versus Christ within. I'm like a really firm believer that when we encounter the true living God, when the Holy Spirit comes and begins to do work in us, it's noticeable. (laughs) There is a shift in internally the way we think, what we desire, what we long for, what we run to, but it's noticeable on the outside as well. And so I think what was probably most noticeable in my own story were the people that I was around. I spent a season when I first came to know Jesus, I don't like to use the word isolation, but like in willing loneliness a little bit, I went away to the wilderness a bit. Mm -hmm. I wanted Jesus without any distractions. And I stepped away from a lot of people who I thought were my friends Turns out when you don't want to serve the sin in someone anymore, you understand if they were your friend or if they were like 
an acquaintance. Yeah. <laughs> my friend group, my social decisions changed drastically, not because I wanted to look better, because I didn't hunger for those things anymore. They didn't satisfy. That's exactly how I felt. Is it the desires of my heart changed? Changed. I and, couldn't and, help and, it. Yeah. And when even you said they didn't satisfy, I always like to say too, like growing up in church and knowing all the rules and then having an encounter with Jesus, mm-hmm. there were definitely some like on the moment changes, but there were also some changes that took time because I right. had been accustomed to serving myself in whatever way I wanted, right. whatever sin, whatever it is I wanted. I, I was there. So some things took time and I would realize oh, this doesn't feel like it did last time. This doesn't satisfy like it did before. And so that's how it was for me as well. It was like, there were obviously noticeable changes. Right. But then there were also some times where I had to go, I don't enjoy this like I did before, Mm -hmm. whatever it might be. Yeah. And that's such a marker, like Mm -hmm. versus just acting like something on the surface compared to things changed, my desires changed, but it wasn't because I was trying to perform for anyone. It was because it was internally happening in the unseen place. Like I couldn't listen to the same music. My ears became very sensitive. Suddenly I was like actually paying attention to the lyrics I'd been dancing to before. And I'm like, oh, this grieves me a bit. Like that wasn't a, hey, I'm holier than thou. I don't listen to X, Y, and Z. It was like in the unseen place, my ears became sensitive. I couldn't watch the same things. My eyes, like, it would, like, disturb me Mm -hmm. what I was watching before. I mean, I know we share parts of similar testimony in this. I talk about this in some of my books, but I've been addicted to pornography for, like, over a decade. Mm. And it's just like you said, when I first came to know Jesus, I was on such a high. I wasn't even thinking about needing that satisfaction. But, like, a few months in, I remember getting this urge what my flesh was used to. And I didn't even think twice about it at first. I just opened my computer, navigate to a familiar porn site. And suddenly the images came up and my eyes, I was overwhelmed. I was almost nauseated. Now there's no one around. I'm not performing for anybody. I'm not changing to impress anyone. In fact, most of the acquaintances and the peers, like this will be maybe graphic, but like in college, sometimes you like watch porn for fun. Like as a group, sometimes you send a video, check this out. This is so ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. yeah. who am I performing for? N- nobody around was living the way that God was calling me to live. So this was very much an internal, suddenly I couldn't even take it in. I was overwhelmed with grief and with sorrow and saw these women on the screen and these men as image bearing creations of God, not just as body parts made for my pleasure. And I remember slamming the computer shut and I can truthfully say, unless it has been by accident, by a pop-up from spam or whatnot, have not looked at pornography since. Can't. Like my heart, I won't even get into it, breaks, Mm -hmm. breaks around so much of that. And I'm like, this must be the difference Mm. that I'm not trying to put on a churchy front for anybody. God, you're changing me. And so I think that made it almost more palatable for the people around me, like my mom, like those who were like, I thought you were like, (laughs) because I was actually transforming. And I think when you look on someone's life and see that fruit, it kind of trumps the questions of, wait, was this authentic? You know, it's like, whoa, you can't miss it. You can't miss it. And that's worthy of celebrating the people around us in our lives. When we begin to see that fruit coming, that's like internal versus being a Pharisee or a Sadducee. That's like, wait a second, 
two months ago, you claimed God, but you were out at, you know, the club. Yeah. When we start to see that real fruit, we need to celebrate that in people's lives around us because sometimes stuff does take time, but that's who he is. He is the one who is working all out for our good, for his glory. He is the one who began something and will bring it to completion. It's his spirit achieving the work. And so I'm just like become a cheerleader for even the baby steps I see in different people's lives because I know it took me. Some things were immediate, but some things took some time. But it was the work he was doing inside that compelled that versus me exhausted from trying to hide behind masks and seem good enough and perform for people. Yeah. Mo, I I love your story because as you were talking earlier, and you mentioned several times of, God, are you real? What is this? Help me, show me, do this. And the beauty of your story is that he was faithful to you in that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it might not have been the way you wanted or the way you thought even would have been best, but God was so faithful to you. And mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm hearing you say. And I hope as people are listening is that like, God's here for our cries. He's here for our doubts. He's here for our sorrow. He's here for our hatred. He's here for it all. Mm-hmm. And he's faithful to us in the midst of that. And so praise yeah. God for that. Right. Right. Praise God for that. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And I'm so glad about that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because my ways and my thoughts are usually in no way as beautiful as his own. I just want to remind and invite anyone listening into the beauty of genuine relationship with Mm. God. What does the word say? Humble ourselves before him and he will lift us up. I always get this image of like, like I'm on my knees, just head bowed before his throne. Like sometimes it's shame that tossed me down there. Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's in my own whacking the back of my own knees so that they'll actually bend. And I put my pride aside, but I always get this picture when we can find our way humbly to his feet. I see this dad like lift our chin and it's a big area of healing he's done in my heart because of my own story of my dad with your dad failing, but who he is as Abba father, just lifting our chin and raising us back up Mm. to our feet and looking us eye to eye. And then he starts putting helmet of salvation, breastplate of right. Remember whose daughter you are, you know, suiting us up. And I just want to remind anyone, or maybe if they're hearing it for the first time, the truth that when it becomes real, when it becomes personal, when we will humble ourselves before him, he will pour his spirit out. He's not just the God we are kind of living before and hope that in the end, he like thought we were good enough. (laughs) It becomes this intimate voice. We can know a shepherd that leads us a teacher, a father. We receive from him words of wisdom, words of knowledge. He begins to move through our yeses to start to reach the people around us. This is who he wants to be in each and every one of our hearts, the nearest thing to our heart. And it's not just for our own saving. It's because he has plans and purposes to use us to reach the people all around us in our lives. And he'll do that in the most miraculous ways. And he's not just the God who you come and you like cower before. He's the one who answers back. If we will just draw near Mm. the ways he will so personally minister, like you said, that faithfulness, Mm -hmm. it's so beautiful and it's available to everyone, to anyone and everyone. Yes. And it's worth it.
She said, get out the chat room and clean my Glad Girl Group coming at you with a throwback jam. That was Glad Force Flex Drawstring Trash Bags featuring Pine Sol Original Scent. And that's better than all good. It's all Glad. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Mo, will you pray for the people who are listening just that, well, you can pray whatever you want. How about that? But will you pray for them? Yes. Abba, Father. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you and we praise you. You are faithful. You are kind. You are good. You are real. You are powerful and mighty. And in the same breath, you're just so intimate. You love us and you know every hair on our head and every page of our story and every letter on every page that we've tried to keep in the darkness. Lord, you shine your glorious light. You've seen it all and you know it all. And still you stayed on that cross to redeem it all. And so, Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you. And I ask that your Holy Spirit would minister. Just take these words and minister to each and every heart listening. Remind them of the most foundational truths that you've seen it all. And yet your mercy is new every morning. Your grace is sufficient. You want to meet us, to heal us, to transform us from the inside out and to pour out your power through us, that the people around us might see kingdom come here on earth as it is, as it will be in heaven. God, what an invitation we have to know you and be known by you and to bring your name forward. Oh, because it's powerful. God, I pray that each and every person listening would receive your love and your mercy and your breath, your power in a new and fresh way in this very moment. We just loose these things from heaven and we just celebrate. We worship and praise alongside your angels when even one comes to believe. Let it be so, God. We trust you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so, so very much. My pleasure. All right, friends, I hope you loved hearing Mo's story of her encounter with the true living God in really an unlikely way. I mean, a way that you kind of think, is this real life? And yes, it is. And so I pray that our conversation was encouraging to you. And again, I want to say this, if you're someone who is trying to figure out Christianity and if you need a Bible, email us at jamie at jamieivy.com and we will make sure you get a Bible in your hands. Guys, thanks for listening today. Don't forget, we want to partner together to build a church in Northern Uganda. The Karuma Church, Pastor Jeffrey and his congregants have been there for 34 years without a building. And we want to do that. We want to raise $15,000 by the end of the summer. Go to jamieivy.com slash build a church. Today's show was mixed by the team at Podshaper. The show notes are written by Abby Castell. The whole thing's produced by Lindsay Sweeney. I'm your host, Jamie Ivy, and I'm so excited that you joined us today. Have a great day.
Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.